0: Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week is another interview episode for you and I'm really excited. I've got an awesome expert lined up on deck. Sometimes our interviews are like storytelling of like these brands and how they're built, but also sometimes I love to bring experts to y'all to talk about topics that are relevant. So for the most part, what I see is people listening to the podcast or you guys are probably either other marketing and PR people, or maybe you own a business, Uh, And you're trying to learn some tips for yourself or for your own for your team uh, to take and run with. So uh, either way, I feel like today's episode is going to be awesome for you. I want to introduce you guys to Jasmine Jonte. She's the founder of Creation. Uh, Hey, Jasmine, welcome to the show hello thank you for having me yeah thanks for being here i appreciate you taking time to chat with us first off i want to start off with um you tell us a little bit about you and creation
1: awesome yeah so we are a done for you course creation agency so what that essentially means is we ghostwrite online programs uh, we talk to experts, authors, speakers, business owners, all types of people, and we pull that expertise out of their brain and we put it into an online learning experience that allows students to get results without requiring time from the CEO, the expert themselves. So that is what we do. And uh, yeah, it's amazing.
0: I love amazing. it. I love and I it. I feel like this industry has freaking blown up over the past, gosh, even over the past, like two or three years, but beyond that, like five years ago, like even right before COVID. And then I feel like COVID like blasted everybody off into like the online learning space. So like, I'd love to know, like, what are some of the coolest courses that you guys have built?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, there's some weird ones, but cool ones. We did a a cosmetic tattooing certification program. Yeah, that was, that was wild. Um, We've done exit and like business acquisition programs. We've done, goodness, like your kind of programs for therapists of different types, wealth building programs, cryptocurrency programs, like it really is all over the map.
0: Wow. And what's like, what blows my mind about the course creation world is like, there are people that this is their full blown career. They don't, you know, some Mm -hmm. of these experts are business owners and they're like capitalizing on this, um, as like a different, you know, revenue stream. But then there are some people that like, literally this is all they do is they just build online courses, sell them through social media and whatnot. And that's it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you guys see like your people Are they one or the other? Are they both? Mm hmm.
1: We have a bit of both. You know, the folks who want to go like full-blown course creator and that's all they want to do, I think it's really important to recognize that their role is now no longer service provider, it's digital marketer. Mm. Because in order to like make it in that industry and really that's the only thing you do is selling online info products, then even if it's like coaching and consulting on top of that, like you generally have to be a digital marketer in order to make it really work and really boom. And on the other side, we have people who are a business owner. They're a service provider of some sort, and they have it as a part of their offer suite, but it's not their entire business, right? So it works with the offer suite they currently have. They still get to do what they love and be the expert in their space, but it's not completely dependent. Like they're Their business success is not completely dependent on their course success, if
0: that makes sense. I feel like me personally, maybe this is like a a therapy session rather than an interview, but like... (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm number two that you just mentioned. Like, I've always wanted to do a course and everyone's like, oh, you could probably make a lot of money off that. But I'm so enthralled in the agency and all things Mm -hmm. happening in my agent. Like, that is my baby. I've been working on it Mm -hmm. for 10, uh, 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm so enthralled with that, that I feel like I probably am totally missing out on an opportunity to not do something like this. But uh, I mean, do you see that a lot?
1: It's pretty common. Uh, and you know, to your credit, Whitney, like a lot of people would just jump right in and not think, Oh, what do I actually need to prioritize right now? And so like, I think it's great that you're, you've made the decision consciously to, to not jump into the core space. Um, but there is a lot of potential, right? There's a lot of ways you can use programs, online programs, DIY programs to supplement your current business agencies included. In fact, like Agencies have some of the best programs out there because you've seen so many clients across so many different industries and you know what works generally across the board, right? You're going to know the tried and true strategies that would work for most businesses out there. Um, and so that gives you a, a leg up when it comes to building a program that's going to work for the majority of people versus, you know, uh an agency, we all know those agencies who have like one or two whale clients, and that's really all they do. They just serve those two clients. That agency would really, really struggle to make a program because they haven't seen enough. They haven't seen enough people. They haven't seen enough people to success. So, you know, an industry like your, or an agency like yours is primed for it, but you're right. It's like not something that's just as easy as people think it is. So you really got to think, okay, am I dedicated to seeing this through? And um, is it helping my long-term vision or is it just a shiny object?
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's what I struggle with. And maybe some of the people listening right now, like I I think the, the, what entices me most about it is that like, it's evergreen, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a way, uh, you know, we serve higher ticket businesses, you know, like our retainers are between five and $10,000 a month. So there's like a whole audience out there that I'm probably missing, um, or, or not able to work with because they can't afford that, you know? Um, so I, I don't know, like maybe I'm your, your test subject here. Like where, <laughs> where would someone like me even begin somebody that owns a business? Like, where do you, uh, do you guys help people come up with what their course should be?
1: Normally they come to us with an idea and you probably already know what yours would be, right? If you think about your bit, your, offer specifically in your business model specifically, I think the prime position for a course would be in the downsell position because you have people who are getting to know you, hearing you speak at events, are excited about your services. And for whatever reason, they can't afford you yet. Okay. Which means that how can they work with you then? Mm -hmm. Right. So you can either refer them out to other people, or you can give them a downsell offer that does meet their budget. So then the question would be, okay, well, those people who come to you and either, you know, can't afford you or are looking for a different solution, what's the thing they need the most? What are they most asking for and designing a solution to fit that need? So it's really about, you know, who, who are the people that are already in your orbit and then building something to, to suit them.
0: Interesting. So when you say downsell, do you mean like a low ticket offer?
1: I mean, it could be anything lower than five grand, right because, yeah. like that's your kind of minimum price point. Mm-hmm. so some sometimes that's, okay, Let me create a micro course that's an hour long and something really juicy and specific, like how to book three um juicy PR, I don't know, magazines or something. Yeah. And then from there, it's like, okay, it's like a hundred bucks or two two ninety seven. You could probably do hundred to three hundred range. And then maybe there's a, a higher kind of middle of the funnel offer that's $1,000 DIY. And then maybe there, I mean, you could even do a group coaching program if you wanted to. Interesting. That allows those people who can't do 5000 a month, but maybe they can do 1000 a month. And they just, you support them along the way. You give them accountability along the way.
0: Yeah. I, I think that you hit on a, an important topic too at the very beginning about like, if you want to do this course creation thing, it, you don't just create a course and then people start buying it. They don't just discover mm-hmm. it and fall upon it and, like, oh, let, thousands of people, let me buy this course. Like, <laughs> it, it almost becomes a, a project in itself of not only creating the course, but then, like, how to market it, when to open the cart, when to close the cart, what to how to price it. How, there's like so many things that go into what could be successful with it. But I mean, do you have any like thoughts or advice on that? Of like, how where do we people even begin?
1: Yeah, usually people will do some kind of beta launch at least once, like what you're saying. There's an open and a closed cart, and they know it's going to be founding members' price, the lowest price it's ever going to be, and we've all seen those out there on the internet, right? So that's usually how most people start. But before they even dig into that, they know the long term plan, and usually for the for the agencies, for the solo service providers, for the people who have a business who want to add on this online programming element, it's like an evergreen option for them.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: usually a downsell option for them. And they're not doing a whole lot of marketing and promotion toward it. It's just something to capture the money that's being left on the table and to serve their higher ticket clients as well. Right? Like I have a mini course, right? You can't get it on the internet, but my clients get access to it and it helps them understand our process. So it's like, now I have this asset, this product that I can plug in different places. It's a good downsell. It's a good affiliate offer. When people want to do collaborations with me, it's great for my one-on-one clients. So I can like puzzle piece it into all these different places, but I only built it one time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you kind of have to have like that long-term, how does this fit into the picture in place before you want to, set out on doing the work to build it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like there's so many people out there that it's probably like a great fit for this and they don't even realize that they're a great fit for this or they just feel so lost on like, uh, again, I've been operating the same way in business for 10 years that for me to like change my thought about like, what do we offer or like how to, even offering something different besides a retainer model or like hiring us for a one-time project is like making me use another side of my brain, and it feels uncomfortable and strange to me. But I think if people saw the opportunity of it, like revenue, revenue wise, like it literally is a whole other revenue stream. That uh, I mean, do you have any thoughts on like what what people earn off of courses?
1: Well, it's all a, a numbers game, dependent on how you're doing in business elsewhere. I mean, I've got clients who're making a hundred thousand dollars a month plus just on programming usually people do not get to that number if you're just selling a 100 diy course okay yeah <laughs> you have to kind of have an ascension model built in um and then i've got service providers who like like accountants for example bookkeepers and there's this group of folks out there who want to diy their accounting and, but they want support so they don't want to pay 500 bucks a month for the bookkeeper but they'll pay 100 bucks a month to be in the membership mm-hmm. and so you know an extra 10 15 20,000 a month for very very little delivery like that doesn't suck
0: yeah yeah exactly so when people you said people usually come to you with an idea it's almost like we as business owners, and I'm like speaking for everybody that's maybe listening right now, it's like we as business owners kind of need to like figure out like, who are we missing? You know, like I turn away people all the time. So it's maybe it's like the starting point is who am I turning away? I What I learned was like, I, I was turning away a lot of small businesses that couldn't, couldn't afford a big agency yet, you know? Um, and so it's like, and what are they needing? And it's almost like asking yourself, who am I turning away and what are they needing? That's where my mind first goes to of like, what to build, build for these people. Um, you know, and so I feel like for every business, that's probably a little bit different.
1: Yep. It's true. And then it gets more complex sometimes if you have like multiple clients that you serve, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Like if you serve both, um, you know, therapists and lawyers and CPAs and, 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 like the wider your niche is, if you can even call it a niche, Mm -hmm. the more challenging it is to actually productize your expertise because as we know, niche creates value. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So you really, I think you're right. It's like almost doing an audit of who are the people who are coming into your world what are they needing? And what are you turning them away for? And then figuring out where the majority lies and starting there.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, uh, some kind of niche thing is like, um, so, so important on it's almost like somebody has to see the course and be like, Oh, my God, like, it's like, if they were like, are you a 37 year old woman who owns a PR agency based out of Florida? And you're like, what 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 I am I I am how did you how did you know that it's like making somebody feel so seen that they're like no 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 this course is like made for me this is literally Mm -hmm. speaking to my exact industry my exact issue like they can help me solve a problem
1: yeah yeah
0: So it's like people probably come to you with like, hey, what should my course be about? And you're like, no, 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 you've got to discover that on your own first. And then y'all are like Mm -hmm. the the builders that bring it to life. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear like what, you know, when you guys, when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to build this course on how to put on eyeliner, Um, (laughs) you know, like, where do you guys start? How does the whole process work?
1: Uh, well, we start by looking at what they have. So if they're, if they have videos of them putting themselves, putting eyeliner on themselves, if they have an ebook about putting on eyeliner or the top three eyeliners to use for the best cat eye or whatever it is, then like first we evaluate what they have. Then we map out what the course looks like. So that's like your course outline and your framework, which framework to me is your unique methodology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's, what's Whitney's secret sauce to eyeliner? You know, what makes you, your method for putting on eyeliner way better than anybody else's method for putting on eyeliner. So we map it out, the framework, the outline, and then we build it, which is like video scripts, slide decks, workbooks, um, you know, affiliate lists, all kinds of things, playlists. It can, uh, it's really the sky's the limit in terms of what we build. And then the last thing we do is we put it in a portal. So it, it gets kicked back to you. Okay, when you go record your eyeliner videos, and then you come back to us and we bring it all together in a client experience online.
0: Wow. And so when somebody walks away, like uh, approximately how long does it take to build a course?
1: Uh, like a signature four to five module program, which is like four to five hours long takes four months. And then for contrast, a micro program. So like an hour long course takes about six weeks.
0: Not bad. Not bad. So you guys give them like a finished product and then it's their job to head out and start selling it.
1: Yep. That's right. And a lot of my clients will sell it while we're building it. Cause this is the thing is like to both sell a program and build a program at the same time is just way too much for any person. So they're like, okay, I'm going to delegate the building to you and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to run my beta launch and I'm going to build a wait list and I'm going to talk about it on social and I'm going to build the hype knowing that you're taking care of the product so by the time the product rolls out they're already in launch mode it's a bit of a timing it can be hard with timing but um that's that's a lot of my clients end up doing it that way too
0: that's so cool Uh, because like you said you know this is exactly why we stopped doing events in the business we promote events all the time but do i like party plan events like this is what the centerpiece is going to look like this is what the tablecloth nope i don't get into all that it's too much it's too much for somebody to plan the logistics of an event and to promote it so kind of same thing in our world like we promote the heck out of events now but we don't party plan you know i feel like mm-hmm. that somebody else mm-hmm. can do that so what what do you see like in the in the course world what do you see like the biggest mistakes people are making
1: Um, one is like, they're not like for the course itself, they're not making things actionable. Mm
0: -hmm. So they're
1: giving a lot of information, but they're not telling them what to do with it. I find the same thing with a lot of business owners as well. Like how often do we do this for our team? We're like telling them lots of things, but we're not like, but this is what you need to do. And here's the SOP to follow.
0: Mm -hmm. Like that's what makes
1: a course valuable is we're telling them exactly what to do in what order with every like instruction they need. And we're giving them deliverables to make it easy, which is another huge mistake is people are like, okay, I want you to go and plan your social media calendar as an example, but they're not giving them a template, an example, and a step-by-step process on how to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, make it actionable, make it easy. Um, and also a huge like business opportunity that they're missing is uh, they're not upselling their next program or their higher ticket services inside of their product. So I think like the best marketing for your higher ticket stuff is your lower ticket stuff. And people always forget, like, if you just do a good job with how you're serving them now, they will continue to buy from you.
0: (laughs) So question, can you give us an example of like, they're like how to upsell, like they're in a smaller course and you've got Mm -hmm. a higher ticket offer. Like, do you have a good example of Mm -hmm. that from somebody you've done or maybe one of your own?
1: Yeah. So, um, one example is using testimonials inside your program. Like everyone always puts all the social proof on the sales page and to get them to hit the buy button, but then we stop continuing to build their belief that the transformation is possible when they're actually in the program. And so people are always wondering why people don't complete their stuff. Why people, you know, like quit before the magic happens. (laughs) Well, it's because you did a really good job helping them believe it enough to buy it, but not enough. You're not helping them believe it enough to actually do the work and complete it. So, as an example, if we go back to your eyeliner program, which I kind of want to take now, I'm talking myself into it. (laughs) um, It's like if we talk about Jenny who had, you know, an interesting eye shape and she never thought that eyeliner would work for her. And she used your threes, you know, this one hack that you're talking about in the lesson about using blue eyeliner and it changed her whole eyeliner game. And now she feels so much more confident on dating apps. Like you tell that at the beginning of the lesson, they're going to finish the lesson. They're going to go try that blue eyeliner
0: trick. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got so, like opportunity. Well, okay, wait, sorry. I don't want to go into like my next question until we like really hit, to. we were talking about <laughs> yeah. like how to upsell them into a higher right. ticket.
1: Yes. And so when you finish that whole story, you can also tag on and now, you know, Jenny is in our highlighter academy and you can't even believe the results she got from her eyeliner certification thing so you can tell the story and then you can lead it into oh and now jenny's in my higher tier so you're mm. sort of like future pacing the idea all throughout the program you're dropping seeds of oh and there's more there's more coming there's more coming throughout the whole program with these different stories and testimonials by the end they're like already sold
0: yeah Oh my gosh. That's such a great idea. And it's, it's like selling without selling. I'm a, I, I preach this all yeah. the time. Anybody who listens to the podcast, like nobody wants to be sold stuff. Nobody wants to. So it's like, you have to introduce and influence people, not bang them over the head. And, and I, I do agree there needs to be call to actions on things, but there's something powerful about nurturing people. So it's almost like what you were saying, like this small course is really just a part of the funnel to your biggest offer, because I'm, and
1: there's many ways to do it, like. That's just one, but it seems to always land the best because people are like, oh yeah, if it works to get them in the door the first time, it'll work to get them in the second door too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, all, and they've already trusted you. You know, like at that point, yes. they're they're engaged with you. They know you, they like you. And if they gave you money, they're trusting you. In some, mm-hmm. some level, they're trusting you. It's like their trust will increase. So I also feel like when we're talking about more revenue streams here, so even inside of like a mini core, Course or a large course, like then you've set yourself up for like affiliate opportunities. So for someone like me, I feel like if I'm talking about in a course about email marketing, and I mention MailChimp, 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 or Flowdesk, or, or whatever, we use all these platforms. Uh, like there's an opportunity for me to like pop in affiliate links for Flowdesk, affiliate links so for many. MailChimp you know, like, do you, and for other programs? Yeah. Or, or not even your own program, someone else's program. Exactly. Um, -hmm. and making money off of it that way. But I think it's just, maybe people don't know these opportunities exist.
1: There's, I mean, there's so many opportunities with affiliates, like one example in a health program that we built she also had a supplement line mm-hmm. and so we teed up the supplements specific supplements related to certain health things all throughout the program and even if she broke even on the course those supplements are such high margin and have such great retention like it almost it doesn't even matter if she makes money on the course cuz in the long game the LTV of that client is through the roof, not only because they know she has supplements, because she's had an opportunity to share with them how it benefits their life and how it's going to solve their problems. Um, another example, a video course, it was like a videography course, how to be a great videographer, all of the equipment recommendations. Mm-hmm. We did a podcasting course, all of the podcasting recommendations and not just like equipment, but software. And when you you know are a software affiliate, you are getting recurring revenue month over month year over year. Mm-hmm. So, there's just like holy cow and then like I said, referring other programs. Like right now we're doing um an adoption course and we're helping she, she has another program that she refers to about this very like niche specific thing that some families go through inside of adoption. She's not an expert in, she just refers that course out and gets paid 50% commission. So I mean, huge opportunities just using affiliates inside of your program
0: for sure. And people,
1: they want the easy button. So like, why are they going to go on Amazon and search for their own podcast microphone? If you have the link right there and it's already proven and recommended, like, I don't want to go do the research. I'm just going to hit that button. I'm going to buy that mic.
0: Yeah. And again, like the more (laughs) I listen to you, the more I'm like, man, okay. A course is a cool revenue stream, but like a course is really a funnel to your affiliate programs, to your bigger offers, to your group coaching to your whatever, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. When done well, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And but
1: that's why we're, we always say, like, we're on a mission to create world-class programs that inspire, educate, and convert. Yeah. And, like, the convert part is very important.
0: Yeah, but I think that's where... I mean, y'all are probably so clutch for people because I could hop on here right now and just like film some videos and, and sell it as a course, throw it into Kajabi and sell it as a course. But I think that like you guys are more so ingrained in the industry of like the strategy behind. Oh, but you're missing this opportunity, Whitney. Oh, but you you mentioned this here, but like you could have. So, duh, 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 you know what I mean? So like giving you guys the keys to. I mean, of course, the content will come from me or whoever the expert mm-hmm. is but like you know giving y'all the keys to like it's like helping people see their blind spots
1: absolutely but so like especially in the offer space like yeah. how how this course is an offer that leads to other offers people just don't they just don't think about it because they're so focused on the pain of like I don't want to trade time for money anymore mm-hmm. like get me off this hamster wheel and so they just like what you said, they just throw something together. They put it out there because they're just so over it. And they're like, I get it. And I'm also like, but if we're going to do it, let's do it right. And let's get you off the hamster wheel for good. Mm-hmm. Rather than a quick little cash infusion from a beta launch you did one time.
0: So do you suggest that people build out a bigger course first and then like I've seen some people like build out a monster, everything you need to know about PR course. And then they back into it where it's like the everything you need to know about PR is $2,500 or whatever. And then each module, they sell that for like $500 a piece where if somebody wants to like, again, like chop it up like that.
1: There's no right or wrong answer. It's really like, what does your audience want to buy at the end of the day? Because, yeah, there's some things that I've like, I'm thinking about a CPA we worked with and we had different tax strategies and we had different like mini courses and that worked really well for her. And then there's other people where people just want everything at once, like other clients where they just want the whole big comprehensive program. And that's what lights them up. So it's really just a question for your ideal client.
0: Interesting. So Mm -hmm. It's really like, and, and I'm such a data nerd. I go back to data and I'm like, look at the data of like, I don't know if people measure why they lose business, but I mean, the here's the data, you know, like if you look at the data, it'll tell you what people are wanting to learn from you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's a pretty good, easy step for everyone to dip their toe into the water to do a micro course, like a really niche, high value, short and sexy, you know, watch it in an hour and get a result kind of program Um, that'll kind of help you see if you even like the process, if it's something you want to do long term slower stakes, lower risk. You know, it's usually easier to sell. But if you want to actually create the full Ascension model, when you build that lower ticket, you kind of have to know what you're upselling them into. Mm -hmm. So that's the fun challenge of, okay, well, where do we want to start first? What's the best place given the audience and what I have to give right now? And then, you know, figuring out what works. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cool. So if you had advice for anybody out there that's interested, but they're just like, I'm such an examples person. You know what I mean? Like I hear when I go to these conferences and stuff, I hear people that speak on theory and strategy and like these very high level, like in the clouds, like customer service, like that's so freaking broad. But when they start telling me real examples of moments where they ran into this or they needed this or or this happened and they learned from it like that's when stuff becomes real to me you know so it's like maybe some of these people just need to go look at some of the courses that are out there um and assess like what what could their next course be
1: yeah and i would even look at your call recordings like what are your your sales calls what are people saying what's the big juiciest problem that they've had And then it's like, okay, if I had to teach someone that in an hour, could I do it? How would I do it?
0: Yeah. Do I
1: think other people would buy that? Like that's where it starts to become real, I
0: think. Yeah. So for anybody out there today, I know a lot of the people listening to this podcast are service providers of some sort, and they're trying to sell their product or their service in a way, or maybe both. Um, Do you have any words of advice for them on like where you know, if they're interested in course creation, like what, what's the first step?
1: Yeah. Your first step is your offer. Your first step is figuring out what you're selling. Like what's the big promise you're offering? How are you going to present that? Start to think about the features that go inside of the course, right? So obviously there's usually video trading, but do you want to do a private podcast feed too? Do you want to offer any support, like group support, Voxer support? It could be a million things. Um, you know, what are some of the resources you could provide to them that would be super juicy and sexy? Who could you partner with to put it out there and potentially promote? Like start to just think about what's the offer? What's the thing that, you know, people would feel stupid to say no to. Mm -hmm. And once you have that, then you're like, okay, well, if they'd be stupid to say no to it, (laughs) I'd be stupid to not make it. Right. Yeah. So start with the offer and then, you know, Consider the product.
0: I feel like this is almost like writing a book. These there are so many Mm -hmm. people out there, and I've learned this from being in Brand Builders Group. There's so many people out there that are such experts that, and they're so smart that they almost don't know how to like put that into a product or or into an offering. They know so Mm -hmm. much that it's like where to even begin, and they they try to write books and they end up having to have somebody like consult and guide them on like really like pulling information out of them because I always say you like you know and you can't see the label from inside the bottle right like there's they've been in the bottle for so long that they can't see what's written so clearly on the label of what they yeah. could be offering to people or what their book could be about
1: yeah I always say that if you're really struggling to like write course content or in this instance book content it's a good thing because it means you're really an expert.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: like the more experience you have the the both the width like and the depth of it, the more challenging it is to distill it because you have all of these details that you're trying to summarize. and, um, and so if that's you, then you're definitely in a position to like go work with someone because those are my clients who like struggle the most on their own, but then they get with us and we interview them. and it's like, oh, that's all I needed to say. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Simplifies everything.
0: Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, if somebody is interested in other revenue streams like course creation, or if they want to learn more about you guys at creation, and it's create just everybody yes. out there listening, you'll see it in the, sh- in the show notes, but it's like, instead of the a, it's a eight, the number eight. So creation, if you're looking for Jasmine and, and her agency, it's creation. So if somebody's interested in learning more, tell them how to find you or to connect with you.
1: Well, I am it's creation.co that's C R E eight N.co. That's our website. I am Jasmine Jonte on Instagram. So you can find me there And uh, those are probably the best two channels. I also have a uh, a guide called 10 Strategies to Make Your Course as Binge-Worthy as Netflix. And you can get that by going to creation.co slash whitney
0: okay awesome and we will totally drop that in the show notes too and also just a minor shout out because on the side non-related to creation or course (laughs) creations jasmine has her own podcast too so yes You you want to give it a plug
1: Yeah. Our podcast is called Dog Moms Do Business. So shout out to all my other millennial dog moms out there. Uh, And I have a co-host who's my best friend of 20 years. And we talk business, but we also talk personal life. And it's very much like, you know, two best friends who've known each other forever, having a conversation and spilling the tea on all the things that they probably shouldn't be saying publicly. So, um, yeah, so that, that's the podcast. Love Thanks it. For the reminder. <laughs> uh,
0: totally. I'm a fan. So uh, I'm not a dog mom as of right now, but I was, I've been a dog mom in my uh, former years, rest in peace puppies. Um, but in the future, I will totally be a dog mom. I just travel too much right now. So in the future, well,
1: anytime you want to bear borrow Juniper.
0: Yes. She will. Yes. I need to make it out the there to Arizona and come see y'all ASAP. <laughs> well, actually once the heat cuts off we got to calm down on Let's, the summer heat. yeah yeah mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> all right y'all well jasmine thank you so much for coming on the show y'all if you're interested you never know the i mean you, I, even i am in this mode of like i need to open my eyes to other revenue streams because there's only so many freaking hours in a day even with me i have Preach. a full-blown team of seven people and there's only so many hours in a day. So why, mm-hmm. you know, why not explore another option? And at the very least, which is what I'm really interested in, is like doing it as a funnel, a funnel mm-hmm. it into something else. Like you said with the chick with the vitamins, like who cares if you break even on the course, if you're selling something else through the course, you use it as an avenue. So it's just mm-hmm. a different way of thinking. Um, and, and I think that's where a lot of, a lot of business owners right now are, I mean, old, millennials are getting older, right? Millennials are the oldest mm-hmm. millennials are like 41 right now, I think, or 42 which wow. is fucking crazy. Um, I am not that old. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> um, I am not even a geriatric millennial. I am, <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say I'm a young millennial, but a lot of business owners right now are boomers or Gen Xers or very, are much older millennials. And so this is just a new way of thinking. So it's like, y- you better jump on it now before the, the industry is so saturated that you know people become numb to it so
1: yep yep
0: well this is she's your girl y'all thank you jasmine for coming on and y'all connect with her on instagram look her up creation.co we'll drop everything in the show notes thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag TrueStoryPR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another True Story.